Welcome to the 517 Life Podcast, a ministry of the exchange. I'm Heather May, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Virginia Bowles and Carrie Puckett. Today, we're also joined by Joanna Nelson, a wife and mama of five and stepmom of three. Today, she tells her story of following God in the middle of a broken marriage, living life as a single mom, finding peace in the middle of a divorce, and finding joy in Christ in the middle of it all. Thanks for joining us for this episode, where you will be encouraged as you hear about Joanna's faith to trust the Lord through some difficult life circumstances. And now here's our conversation with Joanna Nelson. Welcome to the conversation today. This is Virginia Bowles. I'm excited to introduce our guest, but before we get there, I want to introduce you to my co-host. We have Carrie Puckett. Hey, y'all. And Heather May. Hey. And today our guest is Joanna Nelson. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Me too. Thank you. All right, Joanna, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to our listeners so that they know who you are. Yes. I um, go to the exchange. I've been coming for nine years. I have been known to be the lady with all the kids. Um, I have five kids. Courtney, Bryson, Natalie, Stephen, and Lillian. Um, I'm married to Wes Nelson, and he has three kids, three boys, Clay, which lives in Louisiana, um, Noah, and Parker, and they are a joy to be around. <laughs> I've been a stay-at-home mom for a very long time, um, but I do enjoy my kids, I enjoy having spent time with them. I enjoy spending time with my family and friends. So you are known as a mother of many children. Yes. Um, and I was actually going to say that um, you are a wonderful mother. And I've always loved getting to see you mother and be around you as a friend. Um, but that's not all you are. You right. know, there's a lot to you. And I love what you said about just being fed, being in community here um, at the exchange. So it's a little bit about Joanna. So good to have you on today. You just started substitute teaching. Yes. So tell me more about that. Is that something you've always wanted to do? No. Is teach- <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. I, no. Teaching is not um, my forte. Um, I don't even like talking a whole lot <laughs> but um but you kind of are in a new season with all the kids in school correct so you're yes. substitute teaching at your kids school um no just Rankin County okay and mostly around Florence area okay. it's something that I can bring to the table and then you know it's my kids hours oh yeah so it's 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 easy yeah <laughs> yeah so and do then, you like substitute teaching? Yes, I do like it. You do like it. I do. Um, that feels was, like a hard job to come in and you're the sub. Right. So I, I like put my mom face on a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you get your mom voice on. Yeah. I, when I was in school, I would get excited to see a sub because I'm like, oh, we get an easy day. Yeah. <laughs> Did the kids, when you walk it, when you're there and said their teacher, are they like, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they are... Oh, well, you're not such and such. And I'm like, no. Um, Are we going to do anything? Well, you do have work. And most everything's on computers now or a worksheet. When they get their computers out, I'm like, okay, I don't know if they're on the right thing or not. But I'm going to trust them. And they're not hurting each other. Right. (laughs) Yes. I will keep them safe, hopefully. Organized chaos. Yes. So you mentioned being a part of the exchange for nine years. Is that Mm -hmm. right? 
So I remember you were, you guys were part of launching the exchange, yes. like right leading up to launching the church. You guys were a part of that. And so it's just been really cool. And your kids were, you had three at the time. Yes. And they were babies. Mm-hmm. They were really, really little. And now your oldest is? 19. 19. And your youngest? Seven. Wow. <laughs> 19, seven to 19. Is that something that you always wanted to be was a mom and have a lot of kids? To be a mom, yes. Not have a lot of kids. Really? Three was my, I was like, yeah, three's perfect. Uh-huh. You know, um, but God deemed it necessary that I have two more. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then three more. <laughs> and now three more. Uh, I love it. Well, let's start back at the beginning. And I know just because of our friendship, I know a little bit about your story growing mm-hmm. up and how you came to uh, surrender your life to Jesus. But I would love for you to tell us about that. Tell us about Joanna growing up and then how you came to know the Lord. Oh, yes. Um, I grew up with seven siblings. My dad was a preacher and he was... Um, independent Baptist, and so pretty strict rules, um, but our home was definitely God-honoring. He definitely um, raised us in a um, home that he desired for there to be a constant um, worship. He he led very well in that. My mom stayed at home. Um, she juggled a lot my sister at four years old was diagnosed with leukemia and so at that point I was eight and so not knowing the the severity of everything um, I never knew the weight that they carried because Mm -hmm. they did so well living their life for God and and putting their trust in him and and having faith that he was going to take care of whatever was thrown. So anyway, so that was kind of my, my growing up, or that was my growing up. And you kind of put yourself in the state of, I'm not as bad as such and such. Mm. You know, it could be worse, or, you know, I don't do that. So living in that, you kind of put yourself on a pedestal. <laughs> and then um, until God gets a hold to you, then it changes. <laughs> then your per- perspective changes. Um So I was um, in church at the time, and God was starting to work on me, and I was I was hesitant for sure. Like I said, pointing at other people, or I wasn't as bad, or I'm not as bad. But in reality, obviously, God knows my heart. God knew my heart, and you know, He He convicted me, and He called me, and and there was nothing I could do but surrender because. because he is God. I, I surrendered to him at a young age, and I was glad of that because I was able to read the Bible and really desire to know him and know his word and want to walk with him. And not that I was a perfect child, but I also, you know, enjoyed Bible story time and I enjoyed the singing and really desired that relationship with him. And so getting those roots and those that those found that foundation early for my teenage years was amazing um looking back and um because when I did falter and when I did fail 
um, conviction was very strong and obviously God was drawing me close to him but you know in that time pushing him away but I also knew there was a love there that was never gonna waver you know living in sin through my teenage years there was no peace there was chaos inwardly not outwardly because obviously you try to hide that from your parents from your friends from your Sunday school teachers um and so you you put yourself in a distance, but also have a facade on, um, a face that, can, that, that they can't see through. At age 21, um, I got pregnant with Courtney. I think, you know, well, I know that was God's way of saying, I love you, and I'm going to rescue you through this. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to recognize that and recognize that me being pregnant was a result of my sin and so I was able to just fall on my knees and and say God I will be a mother to this child I want to be a mother to this child and the best mother I can be and this is a gift from you and so um, that was my turning point as far as like yes my sin had to be outward for me to fall on my knees, but I don't know if it would have ended well if I can would have continued. I so love that you, you found him to be a gracious and loving father out of your sin and your shame and your own condemnation. I think a lot of times we can let that the voice of shame and condemnation be louder when we mess up and and we feel. We feel so much shame about that. But you, like you said, you had that foundation yes. already where you knew what was true. And so it sounds like you were able to, to remind yourself of what was true and, and allow God to father you and love you through that. Right. And thank, and very thankful for that because, you know, I can't look at, you know, the next person and, and shame them because I don't know what God's doing mm. through their situation. And that's only through the eyes of God. <laughs> so um, it sounds like you kind of came to your own convictions, your own realizations, um, obviously through Jesus. Like correct. you knew Jesus, you you felt convicted in this um, sin that had come to light um, by being pregnant. And so... God did a work in you in your in your own life. It, 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 so it sounds like you did a lot of that work on your own. But what was it like being pregnant at twenty one outside of God's design in your family? Even right. what was that experience? Well, like? It was definitely um, hard to come to my parents about it. Um, I had moved out of the house probably a couple months before, and you know doing this doing it on my own (laughs) and then I have to come to them humbly Mm -hmm. and say well this is what's happened this is what I've been doing um and here's the results and I had gotten married um right I would say I was probably six weeks when we got married and so um uh, we have been dated dating for three years 
ish, maybe going on three years. So a, it was a steady relationship, but it was also a relationship in sin and um, a relationship that was not God honoring. We had planned on getting married later, but um, being that uh, we got pregnant, that we just decided to go ahead and do that. And so facing my parents, his parents were okay. Um, living a 21-year-old, not really ready to be a parent, but knowing, okay, I did this to to myself. I did this to my family. Um, I'm going to make this right. <laughs> and so um, guarding my heart for those harsh things to be said to me, I did have to, I did have to prepare my heart for those things. Um, I guess since I was married early on in my pregnancy, it wasn't, I guess, looked upon as pre-pregnant, you know, Mm -hmm. premarital pregnancy. Um, But the knowledge of it, I did want to just be the best, Mm. you know, take care of myself, what prepare for her, for the baby, um, and whatever that looked like I needed to do. You know, when she was born, it was the best thing ever. Um, And didn't think I could love like that. Didn't think that, you know, there was anything else in the world (laughs) around me (laughs) at that point. (laughs) So tell me more about, you said that when you became pregnant and became outward knowledge Mm -hmm. of the inward state. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit more about how your relationship with God changed or what changed that allowed you to, um, because you were already a Christian at this time, because you had been a Christian and that, and being a Christian doesn't mean we're never going to sin again. But I heard you say the conviction was there and you knew that you were living in sin. Right. But something changed when it became outward. And tell me how God interacted with you in that like what was his discipline like or what what was his grace and mercy what was your experience of that my my consequence my discipline for that was I'm going to allow you to have this child Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you this child and because of your sin your your actions this is the consequence of that action Mm -hmm. um and of I think that's different for each, you know, drinking and driving, you might have an accident or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But for my action would be having a child, mm-hmm. being pregnant when I wasn't prepared, um, prematurely. God dealing with me was, Joanna, I love you. I love you where you are. But there's so much more. There's there's so much more I desire from you. And mm-hmm. I want, you know, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to, I don't want you to keep tug of war in. And when, you know, when you can rest in me, there's mm-hmm. true peace. And he did, he did spell out the fruit of the spirit to me. Mm-hmm. You know, there is love, there's joy, there's peace. There's long suffering that comes from me to you that you can give others. Mm-hmm. And so that's true life. That's, that's where your life begins when you can have all all those in one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was it was very overwhelming for in that time in that season because I did do something that was very dishonoring to my body, to myself, to you know, the person I was with, um, to my family. You know, the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids all the time, whatever you do, there's a ripple effect, positive or negative. It was a negative 
ripple effect, but also what good could come out of that. Yeah, and God disciplines us because he loves us. Right. And he can use discipline or consequences to to not only bring us back to him, like you were able to kind of renew your commitment to him. Correct. And that it sounds like. And and also just propelling forward into the life that he would have for you through right. the discipline, which was also the gift of your first daughter. Who right. you love loved so much when you got to hold her in your arms yes. and that kind of thing. I think that's amazing how God can take like his discipline of us to draw him back to him and create a gift out of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So young mother yes. now married, right. um, or newly married with a, with a baby. Um, what happened next? Let's see. 18 months later, Bryson came <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, uh, like I said, I stayed at home. And so I, mom had set a high standard, big role, mm. big shoes to fill. Um, did you always want to be a stay at home mother? N- no, but yes. Um, I knew I wanted to go to college and when I did, I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I said, well, I'll just go back to work and then I'll figure out. Um, and so, but that didn't, I had Courtney and then Bryson. Um, and so that was kind of my set in stone. Okay, I'll stay home. That's daycare fees. I don't really care to, you know, spend on. So I stayed home, had Natalie. I was content with three kids. <laughs> and um, um, when Natalie was six, um, my husband at the time came to me with some devastating news that would deteriorate our marriage mm-hmm. uh, or start working on our marriage. Um, Satan shit reared its ugly head um, throughout our marriage, but also... This one was a little bit more devastating and a little bit more conflicting, I guess. Um, So we separated for a year, but I was also pregnant with Stephen. So Natalie's six, I'm pregnant with Stephen, and I don't know what to do (laughs) because our marriage is um, what I live for. My kids is what I live for. Um, I was a housewife. I didn't have an education to just go and get a job and make a living for my family. We were separated for a year. I was really trusting God that he would give me the answer. Stay with my husband, divorce him, what do I do? And it was, I did cut off a good bit of ties. He told me in September, Stephen was born in November. After Stephen was born, the only reason I would see him would be he would come see Stephen and I would pretty much leave the house. So I secluded myself from him. I took myself out of the picture. I wanted God to show me, like, give me the answer. I don't want to be searching for it. I just want the answer to be plopped in my lap. <laughs> and God can work that way. And But I also knew my marriage was important and marriage was important to God and I wanted my vows to be true and so when the year came up or when things started mending back I saw a little bit more fruit from him and and growth and true repentance and 
I was like, okay, well, God, if this is from you, like, like I, w- I really want to have peace about moving forward and not make this, not force it because I don't want, I don't want it to be not mended full. Like, I don't want Satan to have a, a grip on it still. Like, I want it to be fully released from his, from him. Maybe we can start moving forward together, like towards God. <laughs> and so, um, and that was in July, um, July, late August. I mean, late July, early August, we moved back together. We understood the severity of sin in our marriage and the role that Satan could play if you allow him in. So we took it upon our, you know, we, we took our vows and we were like, okay, let's do this. Let's, we want to be um, representations of, of a marriage working after devastating news. And that, that was my heart's desire for sure, for them to see their mom and daddy working together after, which they didn't know the severity of it, but after a separation, coming together, working together, moving forward. Lillian was born um, a year and a half later. And so I continued being a housewife and um, just enjoying life. Um, and then I got slammed again with some more devastating news. And this time we did separate. And I was like, okay, God. I was so thankful that I was able to see red flags early and not prolong, you know, the conversation. Something's not right. What's wrong? And just stay setting, stepping back and saying, that's a red flag. You know, I'm, I can't. I can't try to mull through this with you if you're not going to be honest. If you're not going to be truthful with me, then, you know, then I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and so we were separated for um, eight months and things just kept piling up. I, I can't, as a human being, as a mom, a caretaker, I can't do this anymore. And within that six, eight months, um, God did reveal to me that I placed my husband as an idol. I was, you know, devastated at that. I was like, what? You know, (laughs) um, but I realized what damage that was doing for us. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't focused on what God could do, but I was focused on how and, and what I needed to do to fix and, and help and cater and, and how I needed to bend to make him love me or want to be in this marriage and so June or July of 2017 I went to the lawyer and it was the hardest thing to do but also I was at peace I I will say that Um, above all I was at peace I knew that at that point I was not a good mom I was not a good daughter I was not a good fill in the blank I lived in constant breaking being broken down manipulated or lied to or (laughs) and so when you're in that state you're not you're not yourself who you know you can be Mm -hmm. that was the end of my first marriage Mm -hmm. I can praise God that that the peace that was there was just just so overwhelming Mm -hmm. 
And that peace came from the Lord? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I will share a verse right now. I was sitting on my front porch one morning and Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And that was, I read that verse, and that was about June before I went to the lawyer. And I said, my God is singing over me. And he's calming me with just his love. And my five kids are in my house. I have no idea what this is going to do to them. I have no idea how they're going to look at me or, you know, call me names or, you know, call me a quitter or why not do this to daddy or, you know, whatever they needed to get out. I have, I had no idea. But that verse, you know, just was too overwhelming not to put my name on it <laughs> and claim it for my banner over me as love type thing. Um, I, I did. I said, God, I need, I need, I need something that I can ha- hang on to, and that's what it was. And it's been the sweetest verse to me, and you know, alongside my my salvation verse. <laughs> um, but he does. He just gives his love, and it's it's just a peace, and he sings over you, me. <laughs> and that's, that's amazing to know that a God that holds the universe is singing over me as his child. Is there a stigma associated with a Christian woman who has been divorced? Have you seen that or felt that? I have not felt that at all. Now, I have known divorces to be, I'm tired of you, bye. So I know that I probably did get looked at like that because I had five kids. What in the world are you, you know, at that point, I didn't care. (laughs) Like, you know, other than what my kids thought at that point, um, I did feel like sometimes I needed to just explain myself. I did not feel that because I had a church family that loved me and my family. I had my family, his family. It was just a, it was a huge support. Teachers at school or whatever, I, you know, I, I felt like they might maybe have looked at like, oh, like, <laughs> what are you doing? But um, I didn't feel that. But I do know that divorce is thrown around like candy. And Mm -hmm. when you get tired of it, you just throw it away. And I'm here to say that's not, by all means, that's not what to do. (laughs) Um, uh, You fight for your marriage, and I fought for my marriage. And counseling, talking to, you know, godly influencers and and godly people that's going to dive into the Word, not just give you their godly opinion but literally seek out the word with you. And when that's done, that's where God, you know, reveals himself, peace, love, joy. (laughs) Um, That's where that comes in, you know, as well. 
That's so good. And I got to walk very closely with you through that season of your life, and I got to see the struggle of searching out God's heart and wanting to please Him above anything else. Uh, Like you said, trying to pursue restoration, going to counseling, doing all the things you could to fight for your marriage. And unfortunately, we live in a broken world. Mm -hmm. And as much as we may want restoration to be possible in all of our relationships, sometimes restoration isn't possible on this earth. Right. You cannot force another person to be restored to Christ. Only God can do that work. You cannot force another person to be restored to you. Only God can do that work. And I think I love what you said about, you know, marriage is worth fighting for and your your desire to keep your covenant to God as best as you could. Um, and I, I think you're right. There is a difference in... Uh, I'm tired of you, bye, kind of mindset in mm-hmm. a, a, the heart that you had to, to please God, to obey the Lord, to do whatever was necessary through that really, really difficult season. And, and for you, that ended in your marriage ending. How long were you married? I want to say 16 years. Yeah, it was I, a while. Yeah. As we've heard your story, we've heard of, of two just really difficult circumstances that kind of were like we said earlier, on the outside, outward. They're, mm-hmm. they're not the, the hidden sins of the heart, but right. they're just part. Right. They're out there for everyone to see. And and it sounds like for you, you know, one of the things that you told us before is is that you have learned how to give God glory through the storms and to right. find joy in those struggles. Tell us a little bit about how you were able to do that. Obviously, the Lord leading you to scriptures that yes. bring peace to your heart is yeah. part of that. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so it was incidents like incidences like that, um, where I'm just like, okay, God, this is, this is, um, honest hour time. You need to speak to me now. (laughs) And so, um, it would be something I would be sitting on the porch and, you know, reading my devotion or, you know, reading the word and sweet verses like that, or, um, a phone call or a text from someone at the very moment, you know, breaking down or, you know, needing that word. That was a, it was a constant. When, when I separated the, the, when we separated the last time, and that was, you know, that was when I was from the get go, I was like, okay, divorce is the answer. Like, I can't do both. I can't be a mom and a wife and, and try to juggle this. God gave me gifts and I want to, I want to treasure them. So, um, so from that point on, it was in the, in that struggle of, okay, I do need to, I do need to do something drastic, but it was so, you know, such a chaotic thing to do, um, for me. Um, it, it stirred so much, just, I was not at peace with that because I wanted my kids to see my mom and dad fought for what their vows stood for and, and being that testimony for them. But it was through my kids being oblivious to what was going on was definitely joy. And then friends and family coming alongside you and just pouring into to you. And it was just 
I can't say anything, but it was a God thing every, every time. And it didn't matter if it was, you know, I can speak for with Virginia being here. She poured into my kid's life, knowing that there were struggles at home, but also struggles within her, my child's own personal walk. Um, there was Heather walking beside me as, you know, knowing some, some things that other people didn't know, pouring into me and maybe even navigating some other people to do that, you know, um, hey, nudge, nudge, Joanne, I need something, you know, needs prayer, needs, you know, a little, little pick me up. Um, the youth, Carrie, stepping in, you know, on Wednesday nights, pouring into my children's lives, pouring just goodness and, and God's love, y'all being a vessel for my family. And I was able to see that. Uh, I mean, Satan did not put blinders on me. Like, I did not allow him to have that over me. And that was only because of the strength of God. You know, when, you know, when verses like that came to my mind and, you know, he sings over me, his love is calming. He, you know, it's Satan is so opposite. <laughs> and if you can, if you can dissect that in those moments, okay, who who is this coming from? And I am I going to allow him to, am I going to allow him to, continuously feed me and am I going to entertain that or am I going to know God's design and God's desire for my life and promises that he promises his children which one am I going to stand on and which one am I going to feed it's so interesting how the truth of scripture comes to life time and time again and we know God's word is true but we talk about our faith being refined like silver okay like there is a reason when people who who follow the Lord go through devastating life circumstances, that their faith is refined on the back end to the point that they say, I don't I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but I'm so thankful that I went through that because mm-hmm. of what it did to my faith, how it increased my faith. And when we are brought to the end of ourselves, where God is right there waiting for us. We get to experience him in such tangible ways. Like you said, your eyes were open to how God was loving you because you had to depend on him Mm -hmm. for survival. Mm -hmm. You were entering a phase of life, a new phase of life as a single mom of five kids Mm -hmm. where you had been a stay at home mom and you had been a wife and that those were kind of your identities, but you're kind of left with, I'm a child of God. And that's what I am. And Mm -hmm. I'm a mama to these these kids and I have that responsibility. But, you know, when you're brought to the end of all that, you know, and your comfort, it's just such a gift how we can just depend on the Lord step by step and and we can see him at work. There is nothing like that. Correct. There is Mm -hmm. nothing like that. And, you know, it makes you think about when life is good, good using quotes, as good as life on this side can be, you know, when when we're comfortable and we're just kind of going along and nothing major is happening and we think we're communing with the Lord, but there is not a communion with the Lord like when you are brought to the end of yourself and when you have been devastated by this life and you are reminded this world has nothing for me. Mm -hmm. Nothing can compare to knowing Jesus as Lord and and I'm just so thankful. I think that's a beautiful picture. And while we, you probably wouldn't choose to go through the circumstances of that again, I just think it's what a blessing how the Lord 
brings good out of the chaos of life. Right. Every single time. Yeah. And he doesn't fail us. Right. He doesn't fail us. Even when we desire for things to go a different way, he's right there to, to make something beautiful out of our mess. So right. you entered a f- new phase of life mm-hmm. being a single mom. Tell us what that was like. Um, a big sigh. <laughs> and, then, and then I pulled my big girl pants on <laughs> um, and just kind of reevaluated. Okay. I've got to get a handle on their mental state, mental health. Um, because like I said, I didn't know what I was facing. Five kids and, and not them not know, understanding fully what's going on. We dived in head first and me trying to cater to those needs and trying to cater to the desires of their hearts and trying to be have a home of peace and godly guidance um, wherever that may be, you know, look like. So from the ages of, you know, maybe 16 to, you know, three, I was like, okay, you know, that's a big, you know, age range that I've got to, you know, work through daily. Thankful for school at the time. (laughs) They could go to school. (laughs) And then my younger two, I could, you know, just have fun with. During that time was a time of really reflecting on who I needed to be. My walk with, with God needed to be bolder than it was for my kids to see don't carry the label of oh your parents are divorced I you know that stat of them being in that you know that category now I didn't want them to feel the weight of that and so how did I need to deter that (laughs) in our home and make them feel like um, that doesn't matter you know that is not who they are and they can't I don't want to them to use divorce the divorce as a crutch because Yes, they don't have the answers or yes, they don't understand, but also this is not their story. It is part of their story, but this is not defying them. So I did not want that, did not want them to carry the weight of that. Like I said, the first first year was really bad, just a roller coaster. My kids' health, my son was very, very caring. He carried a lot of, I guess, not understanding and not want to hurt somebody's feelings or not question, um, you know, that that was debilitating to him. And then my daughter was, you know, going through her own stuff, and I was navigating that with her through that. My other one was old enough to be innocent, not, th- you know, not think too heavy, but also she she did um you know she she carried a lot without me knowing it was she had a happy face um without me knowing you know she was bothered but then it it raised its head and so just navigating that with them was understanding and I I I do I I understood but I also chanted to them this is not who you are you cannot use this as a crutch. Um, I will navigate with you as much as we need to. I will help you as much as um, as needed. Um, but I want you to be your own, have your own story. About two and a half years after I got divorced, my best friend was like, okay, Joanna, it's your turn. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be pursued. I'm not ready to be to pursue anyone. I just need to be me. Like, just let me breathe. I delved into Bible studies for myself. I dived into the Bible by myself. You know, it was just, I had worship time all, you know, all the time for myself. 
it just felt like I was interrupted a lot, you know. So I said, well, let me, I, I just need a, I just need a minute. And I joined the gym and, and of course she's like, oh, look at him. Or, and I was like, no, if they, if, if I am to delve into another relationship, they are going to have to come to me, like literally come to me. <laughs> and I said, I am not drawing any attention to myself. If they come to me, I know it's from God. <laughs> period. (laughs) And so, um, and, and uh, God guarded my heart. I will, looking back, no one pursued me for three years. I was like, that was God because he knew where I was mentally and physically, like, but also like, I could not be who I needed to be for them. But for someone to come to me, probably within that chaos, quote unquote chaos, um, I probably would have been vulnerable to that, you know, oh, well, you know, you care or, you know, or you can help me. Yeah, you can help me. <laughs> help me with yeah. these five kids. But God did. I think, well, I know God guarded my heart in that and not allowing secular influence <laughs> in my life. Like I said, everything just God's just so good in his timing of everything. When it, I was coming up on three years, I kind of wrestled with you know, okay, if I do get in a relationship, what does that look like for the kids? What does that look like for me? What's my role? What, how much do I own? How much do I owe the kids getting to know this person? Yes, they, they need to know, you know, my kids come first as far as like, you know, we can't go on a date tonight because I've got to do dinner. And, you know, um, so I got there and literally probably like two months later, Wes messaged me. It was just a friendly, obviously friendly, um, hey, how are you? And we had seen each other in passing. And just on the side note, I caught his eye. So (laughs) (laughs) He pursued. He did. He did pursue. And we talked that first night for a good two hours, probably, just setting out boundaries and friendship. If, you know, hey, I'm not looking for anything more than a godly friendship and you know this is what my my kids need when you're 40 (laughs) and you're looking for you know when you're looking for that friendship you do also look for okay could this be a potential you know spouse well having five kids I said not that they're a burden to me but they could be a burden that that's that's something that they would have to consider because they live with me they're going to be part of me. So they're going to have to love them as well or and take on that responsibility with me. So I guess the first, conver- the first conversation we had, he said, you know, five kids does not scare me. And I said, do what? <laughs> and like, so, are you being straight it, with me right now? <laughs> it was as if that. Five. That's, <laughs> as, 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 as if he knew that's what I needed to hear. Wow. I needed to know. Going forward in this relationship, five kids do not scare me, and I'm willing to be who I need to be. And so I said, okay, well, let's carry on with this conversation. So (laughs) we did, and it's just been a very, very, very sweet, different, what what I'm used to relationship. And when God is in it, it makes a world of difference for sure. And that's what he intends is, is for that 
the little triangle was is for the man and woman to be pursuing God, and only when you're pursuing God is when you're when you do draw, draw closer to yourself, them, yourselves, and God. Not that we're perfect, but God is perfect, so our goal is perfect, <laughs> and uh, we can only get that obviously when we're in heaven. But we definitely strive. Um, our conversations strive to be God honoring and we try to be respectful with the kids and letting them be involved and, and not shun them away. Um, I think that made a world of difference for my kids. I can, I can speak for them. Um, they liked him off the bat. Um, and I was just going to ask how hard was that to tell them that you had met someone? Was that hard? It was hard, yes, because, you know, in their mind, they're like, well, what about dad? And then hurting his feelings or what does that look like for us? Am I going to be put on the back burner? Mm -hmm. He came over a good bit. They were involved a good bit. Bonfires. um, And so it was was a sweet interaction. It was not, bam, you must like each other. It was, he took his time individually, you know, talking to them or engaging in conversation with them. They as well, you know, Bryson would have his little punch lines, like you better not hurt my mama. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it it was a very, just a very sweet interaction between all them. Um, And I couldn't have asked for anything better the way it went. Um, and you found out that he had three kids. Yes. And so what was that like for you? Um, three kids, two of them same ages as mine, eight and 15. He has one that's 21, lives in Louisiana. Um, so I knew, you know, challenge accepted. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my mom had eight. I can do this. <laughs> but the 21-year-old um, and my oldest you know, are on pretty much on their own and are not in the in the mix a whole lot, but definitely love them and and you know are there for them. So you guys began to 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 date. At what point did you know this is this is something more than a friendship? Um, to be honest, it was probably um, not even a month. My dad. Um, so me and Wes um, sort of started our conversation at the end of July. And my dad just took a turn for the worse in his health. It had it had gradually gotten to a point where he was, you know, getting hard to get around. But I want to say it was two or three three weeks. Um, my dad just completely it was sh- he was shutting down, and um, I was able to tell my dad that. I had found a friendship. I had found a guy that was, you know, willing to be a friend to me. And he was a godly man. And Wes had shown me a video of him and his dad singing. And so I was able to show my dad that and just show kind of the demeanor of of Wes um, and his heart um, in the the way of singing. Um, And so being able to share that with my dad and dad be ecstatic about it and you know I said God I know you work in mysterious ways and I know you work you know you've worked all this out Wes came just at the right time because my dad was and it, it, it he was a very caring 
dad during during my during the season of my life and you know came over to my house to do things it, it was I was not neglected on anything that needed to be done around the house or um and I don't want to say someone to take his place but also to step in quote unquote to be taken care of to see to show my dad that two weeks before my dad passed away was I was like okay God is this is this you like showing me Joanna, I'm, I'm giving you someone um, that will take care of you, provide for your family, and um, and I know that you know I, I do. Be, I I know Madam Madam West's relationship is from God, but also like at that point, I was like, okay, God, is this you know is this a sign like um, you're giving me peace about it because my dad's about to pass away? So you and Wes were married. What on what day? What's the day? January seventh. January seventh of this year. Yes, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one. Congratulations. Oh yeah, twenty one. Yes, twenty twenty one. We dated in twenty twenty. Sorry. Looking back, you know, I was like, oh, the kids are gonna be, be crazy, like you know, meshing well, mm-hmm. and they just they get along. They're built built in best friends, <laughs> built in friends. Having a man, you know, God honoring, working like he does. And having a family that can get along and and we can worship together in our home is amazing. It's great. You guys went on a pretty awesome honeymoon. Tell us about that. Um, Montana. We went to see Glacier National Park. So jealous. I definitely (laughs) recommend it. Bucket list. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Pictures don't do it justice. Um, and you haven't gone a honeymoon right away. Y'all kind of no, yeah, yeah, yes. We wanted to do something we both have not done. The only the best time to go to Montana is June through October ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew with his job and stuff, we needed to book it and get it get it in the books. So we took it in the end of June, and it was really sweet. We it was a good time. We went at the good best time because mm-hmm. of the the fires that came through, mm-hmm. but, um, we stayed a week and, um, beautiful views. It was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, a beautiful place to celebrate. Your yes. Marriage. Yes. But the kids do see me, you know, very happy and very, you know, they, they, they comment on mom, you just, you look so good or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they compliment the life (laughs) being on this side of it now Mm. having gone through what you've been through what would what would you say to someone who's finding themselves in in a failed marriage um, post-divorce life just devastated by things not going the way that they always pictured what would be the the best advice you could give to them right now would be know what the enemy came to do and just because it's here in the moment devastating and and possibly over God can do so much more bigger and better just because he came to kill steal and destroy God came to save heal and flourish like it's total opposites and if you can get to the place of knowing that that is what Satan wants for humans, <laughs> then so much more believe 
that God is is love is caring does want you mm. to to be taken care of and and not stay in this place and and dwelling there because that's where Satan wants to keep you and I, right. I definitely was told so many times don't let Satan play on your playground don't let him don't let him in um you know the more you let him and I say this knowing that Satan does not have control over my life because I've, you know, I do walk in victory, but also know that if we do allow him in, do allow him to know our weaknesses and allow him, then he will play on your playground and he will use those and use those, you know, to feed you lies and to feed into those weaknesses. And if, like I said, if you can divide it, into okay this is this is bad but I'm not going to let Satan use this for for me to mull in or or stay here but I will use this for no this is what Satan wants from us but I will use it for his glory and how can I do that and I know it does look dark I, I know the dark the darkness that it brings but Satan does want you there if I can just say that and you say, oh, no, <laughs> you know, um, because if we're God's children, we don't want Satan, you know, around. God is so much more than what Satan says <laughs> and wants you to believe. It's also the advice you gave to your kids. This this incident does not define who you are, but you're a child of God and God still loves you and God still has plans for your life even though your circumstances don't look like you imagine them to be, or even though you're devastated by another person or by your circumstances. Right. That's not the end. Right. And, and Satan can, I mean, we can be vessels of honor or we can be vessels of dishonor. And which one, you know, do you want to be used even in the, even in those dark times? Like, do you want to, do you want to cling on to those lies and cling on to those and, because in that you're going to lash out in anger and you're going to lash out with, you know, with harshness or do you want to cling on to, okay, huh, this is heavy. Um, I want to be a vessel of honor and how can I do that? And so sitting here three years out for going on four, um, or four years out now, um, even, even diving in with my kids, mental health and and trying to navigate that with them you know I threw my fist up at Satan like you did this like you did this you got what you wanted but you cannot have my kids (laughs) like you cannot and you will not because they are a gift from God they are my gift and I'm going to do what I can to protect them um and so you know Get the anger where it needs to be. Put the anger where, you know, swing your fist at somebody that that, that deserves it. <laughs> and it's Satan. <laughs> uh, so um, I do know it's, it, I know it's difficult, but. That is, that's good. I read something yesterday. It was at Ann Voskamp. And she said, if you live like God is a genie in a bottle, we become like angry drunks. Mm. Live like God is king on a throne, and we become intoxicated with awe. Mm. The king is working good out of everything. 
trust his sovereign ways. His ways are good, not because his ways are my ways, but because his ways are gloriously higher than mine. And I just, the picture of, you know, when our tendency can be to direct our anger towards God or want to throw our fists up and say, what are you doing? Don't you care about me? But when we have a right view of God and we, and we know we can think rightly about who he is because of who his word says he is, and that's where we're getting our, our information. Then we can, we can think more rightly about who is our real enemy here and who is it that we can direct that anger towards because it, it's not God because he hasn't changed. Right. Mm. We're excited about what God has done in your life. Me too. <laughs> it's uh, such a, a really great privilege to get to be on this side of the struggles and hear the testimony of how the Lord has brought good out of not great circumstances right. and how God has been faithful to you. And um, we're just so thankful for you sharing with yeah, us thank today. You. Thank you for allowing me. Something we always love to ask our guests before we wrap up is what is something new that you're loving? Yeah, you can't I, say your new marriage. No, okay, let's see. Um I try to be in the be in the know of what these kids say and do <laughs> because I love making them roll their eyes. Because when I say it, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Like it's definitely not cool when we say it. So as parents. that's you know, being you know, I have a Courtney's older, so I did it to her. But, you know, just the learning their swag of, <laughs> of or their lingo or whatever uh-huh. and making them just cringe. <laughs> That's the new norm for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the lingo changes all the time. So it's oh, always something new. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so when Courtney said, you know, spill the tea and I'm like where what get it spit you know pick it up <laughs> and you know that was a couple years ago and so now it's you know so what is some new lingo that you've learned recently uh I said it the other day and they were like did you just say hang on <laughs> Geet. that one yeah that, that one that one got the, a lot of what did I say got a lot of cringes uh-huh I'm just kind of gotten to the point where if they can say it, I can say it and be just as cool. <laughs> be just as cool. That is hilarious. Dope. <laughs> the hand and everything. What, like that's dope? Like that's cool? Yes. Okay. And How did cringe. your kids handle that? Yeah. About, I mean, Natalie was sitting on the couch. She about flew off the couch. <laughs> Noah was like, what? In laughter? Or? Yes, in laughter. And like, Natalie like, cracking up. Mom. That's <laughs> well, kudos to you for continuing Stay to make cool. your teenagers cringe. Right. Yes. Continue to be up on your right. slang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be up on the on That's the lingo. Hilarious. I think it's great. Natalie uh, loves. I did say, and I oop one time, and she still mocks me because I didn't <laughs> say it. You didn't say it right. Right. <laughs> I said it too, like too sweet. Yeah. yeah I was. I didn't. Innocent. I didn't have much. You gotta have the right attitude and the right verbiage. There's a lot of rules to keep up with. (laughs) Well, we think you're cool. Thanks for sharing your story (laughs) with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 517 Life Podcast. Maybe you've also found yourself in a place where you're trying to be obedient to God through a difficult season. We hope you were encouraged today to hold tight to God and to His Word, even when it's hard especially when life feels out of control. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. 
This podcast is dedicated to helping you live out your new life in Christ. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, or you can email us at podcast at theexchange.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a minute of life.